0: welcome to start now a conversational podcast which discusses topical issues designed to get people to think about the challenges occurring in the world around us and how each of us can be a part of positive transformative change start now is meant to be informative and engaging while encouraging and motivating people to start where they are and with the resources they have to make a difference in their communities and in the worlds around them let's start now Hey everybody, welcome to Start Now. In today's conversation, we are going to be talking about the recent election and what that means for our nation moving forward. But first, introductions. I'm your host, Armadi Ray, and today our guests are the amazing Miss Sheena Lewis, the CEO of Southern Politics. We also have the incredible Kim Armstrong, marketing consultant and community organizer. And then last but certainly not least, we have Miss Brandy Durham, JD, CEO <laughs> of Durham Legal Services and community activist and organizer. Welcome, ladies. We are so glad you are here for our very first episode. Thank That's you exciting. for having me. Yes, thank you. Okay, so unless people have been living under a rock, we all know what is going on with our elections right now. So there's so much contention, there's denial, there's protests. So why do you think this election was so important? And what is this contention about? What, what are these protests about? Sheena, can we start with you? Okay,
1: just like the slogan for the Biden-Harris campaign, the battle for the soul of our nation is just that. I don't know how many speeches I've had to do for the Biden-Harris administration. Uh, I was original director for this particular cycle, I have never seen so much violence in all of my life during a presidential election. This is my second one. And it's been very, very agitating. I'm very, very shocked in some manner. It's almost as if when this soon-to-be outgoing administration came on board. It's like the floodgates opened. Like all the people that were very, very racist that may have been hiding under a shell, they all came out. And it was very, very disheartening to see that this whole country is just a melting pot of diversity, and it's almost like they were just against it. And this ongoing, this upcoming administration administration that we're about to have Biden and Harris, they're totally for everyone. They want to represent every single person, not just a certain demographic like this outgoing administration. Is. So we're going to see a big change. And I'm very, very excited about
2: it. I think a lot of it has to do with sort of the changing demographics. You know, we are soon to be a majority minority country. And I think there's a lot of white fragility and a lot of people that are feeling really threatened that sort of their hold on power is diminishing. And I think it just emboldened a lot of people that have felt that threat to really express, you know, some racism and non-political correctness that they were keeping down.
0: Right. And and I know you touched on it a little bit, but if we look at the past four years, how do you think our country has changed for the better or for the worse from the four years prior to that? Where do you think those lines of change are? What is going on? Where have those come from?
2: I think one of the main things that has really been highlighted is that we have a lot of norms a lot of things that we need to have you know he has just blown through so many norms we thought that we didn't need laws for evidently we do because we never thought that someone like him could be elected and he doesn't really have a lot of respect for the law and one of the most Correct. shocking things i think is that the republican party has not held him accountable to any degree evidently bullying is effective and a mean tweet and silent an entire party because yeah. some of the things that he's done is, are shocking
0: completely agreed and brandy and I studied the law. And so I have been so frustrated with so much stuff because I'm like, how are you getting away with this? You know, I think everybody is probably at home yelling at their TVs or their radios wondering why so much stuff is being allowed to continue. So I think you're right. Definitely Kim. I agree
3: That's- about that. The re- not just the Republican Party's complacency in allowing the current administration to do what they do. But as we see here in Florida, where the Florida governor has proposed making a law where you can inflict potential deadly mm-hmm. violence on people for damaging property when it has been a long-standing rule or principle, rather, that a person is more important than property. And so you see people who have gone to jail get arrested for shooting someone who bashed in a window of their car because that window can be replaced, but a person's life cannot be. So the fact that we not only see this in Capitol Hill in Congress where the Republican Party's actions just bypassing, turning the other cheek to the current administration's actions. But we see it uh, on the lower levels, in the local levels in our own states where you have these Republican leaders who are also taking some sort of action or establishing some sort of or attempting to establish a new type of normal or a new type of precedent where we've ne- never seen before. So it's kind of scary in that, thank God we are getting rid of this current administration But the seeds that this administration has planted throughout the Republican leaders in the country must also be uprooted. So I think we need to really know that we still have that threat there, and we should focus on that moving forward as well.
0: Right. And you all have definitely touched on it. So the racism, there's definitely sexism, there's religious discrimination, there's so much discrimination in so many various forms and xenophobia. How do you think that has affected our culture, and and what can we do to bring each each other back together and really become united. We've talked about how this presidency wants Americans to represent in the government so his administration looks like America. How do you think our culture can begin to heal from everything that has happened? So honestly,
1: I think it all starts with Biden Harris. It may sound crazy,
0: but we've had four years of ridiculousness.
1: And as you stated earlier that I love that you said, you were mentioning how, how did he get away with some of Everything's been like a double standard. And so everything that's been going on between the Trump-Pence administration has been totally not normal. For example, Obama got criticized for weeks for wearing a tan suit. This man that we have right now is grabbing women by their private
0: parts. Right, and And I feel like it's okay.
1: Like they're sexual objects. That's just something that's just been unheard of when it comes to presidents. So we've had to deal with that. That's something we do not have to deal with with this this administration that we're about to have. They're going to make a totally different, clean slate back to grace and integrity. So that's exactly where it's going to start. We're not going to have any of this craziness anymore. Everything's going to be decent and in order and just in
0: faith. Right. Mm-hmm. But with that though, Sheena, how do you think people are going to get back on track, so to speak? And so we already knew, obviously the elephant in the room, racism is not a new thing. It's been occurring in our nation forever. But at okay. least there were people who were like, racism is wrong. You don't need to be discriminating somebody based on the color of their tone. And so a society had these norms, you know, like Kim and Rand Andy mentioned earlier, we had these norms. We knew we did not go out and say these things. You know, they would be racist in their homes. Some, you know, uh, would obviously be racist in the street. But for the most part, people knew, you don't say this stuff to other people. How do we go back to the place? Because you don't want to go back to like a place of negativity. Racism is right. wrong. We don't want to go back to, you know, just making sure they're in their homes. You know, they stay in their homes. We want to talk about the importance of diversity and acceptance and why that's so important. So how do you think we take, where? our culture has transitioned into where you can just say whatever you want to whoever you want and there's no consequences back to a place of that's not okay what do y'all think how do we get back there because now all of a sudden everybody just thinks it's okay to do whatever because you know Trump does it
1: right Trump has definitely made it okay for the people that think that it's okay to act like that he made it cool and uh, I believe that with the new initiatives that Biden-Harris will put out and just leading by example I think that everyone's gonna get it's gonna take some time but everything's gonna get back the way it should be. But please don't make a mistake. We know that these people that are out here with the big flags, terrorizing people, being bullies and thugs, they're still here need to do that until they get arrested and they will.
0: Yeah, taking it back to that place where they know that that's not okay and it's not going to be accepted. And I think, you know, one of the our questions that we were considering was what do we think the Biden Harris administration will mean for our nation moving forward? And I think that definitely can be one of those points, you know, taking it back mm-hmm. to a place of decency, taking it back to a place of peace civility, you know, where everybody who lives in this nation is an American, regardless of if you are born here or you moved here and you became a citizen or not, you know? And so I think that's very important to for us to consider too. When we look at, and Brandy touched on this a little bit earlier, when you look at how we're moving ahead, we know that the general election is over. However, there's still some key races that are coming up. So Kim, can you touch a little bit on those key races and what they mean in regards to to the comment that Brandy Man- made about how you need to make sure these institutions don't still maintain this power. Absolutely. Those races are crucial. They are what
2: stands between the Biden Harris being able to put their agenda forth because Mitch McConnell has shown us that he's an obstructionist. He flat out for almost a year would refuse to even have people meet with uh, Obama's choice for Supreme Court. So they stole that seat. He showed that he could just obstruct everything. And he proudly stated actually when Obama was was elected, that he would stand in the way and try to obstruct everything. So we know that in order to get anything done, we have to win both of those seats. Because with, when we win both of those seats, it's a tie in the Senate. And Kamala Harris would be the tiebreaker. Right. So those seats are absolutely crucial to be able to get anything done.
0: So, and then talk to us a little bit about Kim and Brandy. When we look at community organizing, how can people get involved in helping with those races? Because even though we may not live in Georgia, I know that there's still some things that we can do. So talk Talk to us a little bit about how we can get other individuals involved in helping out. Yeah, they've been
2: really great. Um, We have a mobilized link that they set up because they know that people, so you can call, you can text, you can phone bank and phone text bank for them. So you don't have to be in Georgia to do that. You can talk to Georgia voters. Stacey Abrams has a great plan. She has a breakdown of what she did to flip Georgia blue. And a lot of that can be applied to what's going on right now. A lot of new people have moved to Georgia and those are people that Democrats can talk to, but you can get involved by, you know, going to Fair Fight, that's Stacey Abrams' website, and she will hook you up. There's also the New Georgia Project, so uh, we want everybody to get involved. It's the most crucial thing right now. The election is January 5th, but voting starts December 14th. Okay, perfect.
0: And then just shifting gears a little bit, um, Sheena, you have worked on campaigns for years. When we look at the fact that now we have a female vice president-elect, so we're super excited about that, how difficult was it for her? as a female even running for this position? And then what do you think some of the challenges are that she might face once she becomes the vice president? It's, it's
1: interesting that you mentioned that. That's a very, very good question. I want to go a little bit back to when she was running for president first. Yeah. A female candidate is a whole ball game than a man as you saw when Hillary Clinton was running last time against Trump. They're scrutinized in such a way that it's not the same as a man. It's completely like a double standard. It's ridiculous but it's still going on today and let's just be real it's just not right. And so she had more challenges than a male would have. But her being VP and being selected by Biden is a huge accomplishment. Something that we've never seen before. Just like in our lifetime we've seen Obama get elected. A lot of us didn't think we would ever have an African American at all. Be like, you know, the leader of the free world. But now we have that under under our belt. We also have our upcoming VP. I mean she's an AKA and she's African American went to Howard, went to an HBCU. I mean that's incredible. Her being in this seat is one of the best things that came out of 2020 and moving forward. She is going to bring a representation like we've never seen before. Small little minority girls, minority women, and just women just in general. It's just incredible to see someone that looks like you, to help you see that, hey, I can accomplish this. I too mm. can do this. A lot of times when I mean, you cannot see the example in front of you, it's hard for you to really say, I can really do this. Now that she's here, I mean, this is just incredible. And I know that she's gonna be a great representative for
0: the entire country. Right, yeah, and it's interesting too, because when you are, so this screen right now is filled with strong females, fierce, phenomenal females. And so when you see somebody that looks like you in that position, I really feel like it gives you such an opportunity to say, you know what? The sky's the limit, anything is possible. And it's kind of funny because I know we all joked like when Donald Trump became president, we're like, oh, if he could become president, anybody could do it. You know, it's kind of like the running joke. It's interesting because when we see her in this vice presidency role, we're like, wow, this is amazing. We really can accomplish some great things, you know? And so I think it becomes, it it shifts from this like joke of a matter to this is real. Like we can really do anything. So what do you think Brandy? Yes,
3: I agree. It's, It's so refreshing and it's so inspiring. And when the news outlets confirmed it, I cried because I said, oh my God, you know, as a black woman in a professional career, you really have to work double, triple times as hard to even prove. I mean, I've, for example, been places wearing my law school t-shirt and somebody said, oh, did you go to law school? And it's like, who wears a law school t-shirt? Just to wear one. You get a law school t-shirt, bro. that's so that I'm you know? <laughs> Why would you ask me that? Yeah, um, you did a lot of digging to
0: find that shirt. <laughs> exactly.
3: Right. It's like, of course I, I went to law school. Why would I wear this? And and he said, uh, oh, so you went like, and you finished? Like you have, oh my right. God. <laughs> well, the
0: funny thing is, Brandi, just real quick. It's so interesting how people do that to females. Because when I was in mm-hmm. law school, people said the same thing. Oh, what are you going to do with that? And I'm like, what do you mean? What am I going to do with that? Like, is that a question? Yeah. Right. But even between you and me, I mean, if both wore the
3: same shirt, you know, you'd be like, okay, what are you going to do with that? But they'd be like, oh, that's wonderful for you. I'm very happy for you. Why are you happy for me? It's a career choice. It's because people don't envision us in these type of roles. Right. So to see a Black woman who happens to be an attorney as well, go into that White House as the Vice President of the United States, I lost it. I was so proud and just filled with so much joy. And we can really accomplish anything. And so I love to see this when this happens. It gives everybody a boost. But i like to mention at the same token, because it also gives us a boost to know that we can, accomplish anything. The other side of things, racist people or misogynists will say, well, that means racism doesn't exist. So, you know, these type of protections that the law still provides shouldn't exist because you have a a woman, Black woman vice president, or when uh, President Obama was elected, they did the same thing. And so at the same time, we know we still do have to work double, triple Mm -hmm. times. It's hard because we still are amongst these type of people who don't feel that our value, they don't recognize our value and our worth. So it's one thing to know that you can do it, but you still know you
0: got to work extra hard. We just can't wait till we get away from that. Well, and it's interesting because I feel like you provided a brilliant segue because one of my questions actually was, we know there are so many challenges that we need to overcome right now. Obviously, we are still having COVID. It is raging out of control. People are losing their jobs. They're losing their homes. So there are so many challenges that this administration has to tackle. What do you feel their biggest challenges are? And then how do you think we're going to be able to move forward? Like, what do you think they should focus on first? Sheena, we'll start with you.
1: The craziest thing that's going on right now that we're all so in turmoil about is COVID-19. I believe they're going to have a great, and they do have a great plan to make sure that everyone's being safe. They were very, very successful at doing that the campaign I know in Florida. They had a lot of rules and regulations, and now one of us got COVID-19, which is a huge deal. And I'm so very grateful for them for being so careful and trying to make sure that we were going to be well. They're going to do the same thing for the entire country as well. So that's the number one issue right now. And this problem with racism, little bit. Probably can't tackle all of it. Some people are just going to be who they are, but the people that can change, they're going to make sure
0: that it can be done. Right. I think it goes back to when they talk about pregnancy and they say, you know, it takes nine months for your body to get a certain way. Give yourself nine months if you're, you know, trying to lose weight or trying to get back to normal, you know, and it's interesting because it's like four years of damage has been done. We cannot expect this administration to make miraculous changes overnight, you know? So it's kind of like when Trump came in office and he boasted all these great gains and we're like, sir, those were Obama's kids. (laughs) You're riding on his train right now. You know, and so we have to look at that. Sheena, going back to what you said, we have to look at it's going to take time for these things to change. And I saw a report where they're actually looking at doing free COVID testing and free vaccines to all Americans. So I know that that will be really exciting. Kim, what do you think some of the biggest challenges will be for them? And how do you think they'll be able to tackle them? I think
2: we have to bring the country back together. You know, he talks about unity and we are the United States. Right. And what he's doing right now is really undermining democracy because he has delegitimized mainstream media. These people are siloed off and they get their information, alternative facts from you know news outlets that don't necessarily uh, deal with reality. And so he right. has these people thinking that this election was stolen. And so these people, it's going to take a long time. I think there's just so much voter education to do. We really need to have people, and I don't know how they're going to do it, but you know everybody needs to live in the same reality. And that's going to be a challenge that we're going to be facing for a long time because these people really feel like it was stolen.
0: Right. You know, and what's interesting is that we always have kind of like this disconnect, I feel, because we may be thinking as Americans, we're like, oh, country's great. The president has it. let their administration do what they're going to do. I'm just going to live in my little bubble and go along with my life every day. And I think that when we talked about the negative things that have happened from this administration, I think one of the really positive things is it has brought people out people are like wait wait wait, hold up I was okay with this but I'm not okay with this and I think it has given people empowered people more and really shown them that they have a voice and proven to them how important it is to use that voice because I feel like sometimes when your world is going great you become complacent and you're like oh I don't need to help out I don't need to have a part in that somebody else is going to help but when you get fed up that's when you really come out and you show out and you get involved and engaged so I think one of the great things about what has happened when you try to have an optimistic perspective on it is the fact that I really feel like it has educated people, it has empowered people, and they really have gotten involved more. Because I would think they were saying that this election has had one of the highest turnouts in years. Yes,
1: absolutely.
0: So when we look at the challenges, how can people help? How can people be a part of the change? Brandy, we'll start with you. What are some things people can do as a community organizer? So
3: one thing I want to highlight is the younger generation. These kids are so impressive. I have seen them turn out in ways that I never have seen young people turn out before. We see teenagers, I mean, Kellyanne Conway's daughter, the video that went viral of the other little girl who was fighting with their her parents about, you know, their racism and their prejudices against Black people. I've seen these young people change their parents or change their families. I don't know what it is about this generation, why they're not as easily persuaded about these topics as their parents were, or their aunts and uncles, you know, how generations have just passed down this type of negative information about other people. So I'm excited about the younger generation and I think that the older generation, us and even older, need to cleave onto these kids, right? And really help guide them and help them to bring other people in to the movement because they are the future, right? Right. I think when we talk about coming together, I know a lot of times people don't like to look at younger kids because they are kids, but they're, you know, their age, but at the same time, they're progressive. Oh my God, they're so progressive. And so I do think that we should, when we say come together, really come together age wise, we could really knock out a lot of work in bringing the country, moving the country to a more progressive and positive state than it has been, especially in the past four years. I wanted to touch on that previous question you had real quick, challenges that we have and COVID is a huge challenge, but the biggest challenge will be how to persuade people who have been told that COVID is a hoax. How do we persuade those people to believe that it's still something that harms people? Because these type of people are going to get in the way of everything, right? So we've got the group of people who are in touch with reality, but how do we get with these people? Because these are the people that are going to harm everybody else.
0: Right. You know, and it's interesting because I think it goes back to what Sheena was saying before also how some people are just going to be who they are. Like you could present them with all the facts in the world, all the science in the world, all the data in the world, but they're going to be like, oh, well, you're just lying. I think Kim put it a great way. She said alternative news. (laughs) I'm like, fake news. You know, so some people are just going to believe what they believe. I think you're right, Brandy. I think part of that challenge is going to be how do you get these people to understand this is reality. People are dying. And when you look at the millions of people who have contracted COVID just in the United States alone, and then when you look at the thousands of people that have died and continue to die on a daily basis. You know, it's definitely something that people need to kind of wake up and say, look, if this was a joke, it would have gone away. It's not funny anymore. So yeah, I definitely think that's going to be a big challenge as well. And I think it's interesting too, Brandy, just to go back real quick on how you were talking about young people and how progressive they are. Interestingly enough, you would be surprised how many young people still will go back to their parents' thoughts and beliefs, even though they don't have that real world experience themselves even though they've not done the research, if their parent is saying, oh, Trump is the greatest and his policies are the best, these young kids will walk around boasting Trump, flying the mm-hmm. flag, saying like, he's my president. But you ask them, why is he a president? What has he done for you? Name an important policy. None of them could do that. So I right. think that when we go back to what you were saying earlier, Brandy, about how you can mobilize these young people, how do you really bring individuals together to influence their own generation, to spread actual facts, you know, going back to what Kim said earlier, because some people will only watch one news outlet. They won't Mm -hmm. look at all the news outlets. I have a friend who is a former state representative, and I always make jokes about him because he'll post uh, information from both news outlets, and I'm like, I need you to stop watching this outlet. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? But he doesn't, (laughs) one, to laugh, like, he says, like, I just need some humor in my life, but two, so he can have that platform to speak on when those individuals who only watch that outlet, when they come to him, he said, I've Seen what you've seen too, but and then he'll have the actual facts to give him. So I think that's so important. So thank you for bringing that point up. Really, how do we get those young people to really come together and make sure that the proper news is being shared across all outlets? Kim, do you have anything to contribute to that on how we help heal this nation how people start coming together and being a part of that change?
2: Yeah, I am excited about the the young people. I think that they are really mobilized. They understand it seems more than almost any other generation the threat mm-hmm. of climate change, and that's something that. It's going to need to be addressed in a major way. And it's going to be a challenge because a lot of people are climate deniers. So I think that gives me hope that these kids do realize that. And I think we just have to do a lot of voter education. I think we need to show people that we need to lead in the world. And there are many jobs that can be created with a green economy. And that is the future. Correct. I think we yeah, didn't... when I
0: saw that we were going to be re-entering the Paris Climate Accords, I was so excited. I was like, wait, what? We're re-entering that? We're going back into the who? Oh my gosh, like I had my own little happy dance going on. Yeah,
2: it's true. <laughs>
0: so just in our final thoughts, in our closing, and our wrap-ups, Sheena, what are some things that you want to say to our nation about this election and how we move forward? What are some of your final thoughts on the topic?
1: Honestly, I'm just proud that we got Biden-Harris in there. That's really the epitome of everything. That's what we've been working for so hard for, for many, many years. So I'm just glad that we got this in here. And now all we have to do is really just bask in how wonderful we have like the right people finally in the right place at the right time. And, you know, I don't like that we had to go through COVID and had to go through a crazy administration for us to get to this point. But how we got here, we got here. So now we have nothing but like it's going to be a little bit of rough sailing, but we're going to get right on the right path from this point. Moving forward, and I know this administration is going to clearly make sure that we have diversity at the
2: forefront of everything.
0: Yeah, and I think that's so important. Kim, what are some of your final thoughts? I would just say
2: to everyone, get involved and get to know your congressman, your local representatives, number as well as your federal representative, because they are responsive. One of the great things that came out of this administration was people that worked for Congress. People created Indivisible, and they had a guide that said this is what moves Congress people: it's calls, it's emails. So that is a response. It's the people's, we the people. And if people let their reps know that I don't appreciate what you're doing here and just give feedback, that's how change happens. And just stay informed, get your news from several different sources, and then let your local reps and all of your reps know, you know, how you feel about the decisions they're making, because those
0: policies affect you. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Such good advice. Brandy, what about you? Some of your final thoughts? Some of
3: my final thoughts to people who support Donald Trump. I saw someone post recently on social media that they were a diehard Republican They've been a Republican. Republican all their life. And I had to step back and say, this man is from New York. He has contributed to many Democrats' campaigns in the past, including Kamala Harris. So you actually may not realize you're not supporting Republicanism as much as you're supporting bigotry, as much as you're supporting misogyny, as much as you're supporting racism. What he represents is not being a, a Republican as much as it is as being just outright. Yeah, about your
0: moral character. Yeah. yeah.
3: Exactly. Yes. At what point do you want to say in history, when you look back, I supported my political party or I supported what was right. And you don't raise your children to be like this. You don't raise your children to act and be mean to people. So why would you support someone so staunchly who represents the most negative things about a person that could be represented? So I just want people to realize that at the end of the day, what side of history were you on? Can you stand firm and proud of the fact that you were on the good side, the right side of history, the side that took up for people and the side that did not tear people down because of the color of their skin or their gender or their religion so just to know that you stood where you should be where we can move forward in this country is important and to all those people who have always said that voting your vote does not count the state of georgia is blue so if your vote doesn't count i don't know what else to tell you your yeah. vote counts what
0: is he say like, the proof is in the pudding <laughs>
3: the, pr- the proof is in the pudding, and the pudding is blue in Georgia. That is proof that your vote does count. No longer believe that you don't have a voice when you vote, because you do have a voice, and we see that. So vote, know who you're voting for. These people make decisions that impact your life every single day. So voting is so important. That's my takeaways.
0: Well, and it's so true. Like, it's not just about your party. It's about who they are as a person and who you want representing you. Ladies, you have shared so much knowledge, so much information, information. So many great nuggets for people to take away that I'm so excited that you are a part of this episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. For more information on today's guests and today's topics, you can head over to mightyray.com. Thank you to all of our viewers and listeners of Start Now, a podcast to educate, entertain, inspire, and inform. We are so glad that you have joined us today. You have to start somewhere and you have to start sometime. So why not start now? Thank you. We look forward to you joining us next time. Be safe and well. Thank you for listening to Start Now. I'm your host, Armani Ray. A special thank you to our guests, Sheena Lewis, Kim Armstrong, and Brandy Durham. A special thank you also to technical assistant Alex Tanksley and design coordinator Todd Thomas. For more information about today's production, visit ArmaniRay.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Armani Ray. That's A R M A N I R E I. And like and subscribe on YouTube. Thanks, and we'll catch you next time.